you're listening to Mitnick's Monthly Brushstrokes, a podcast on the art of outsmarting, the fun part that sets you apart. I'm Keith Mitnick, author of Don't Eat the Bruises, How to Foil Their Plans to Spoil Your Case. For more information, please visit keithmitnick.com. I want to talk to you about one of the most important exercises you can ever do in preparing your case for trial. I call it the whys, the W-H-Y, the whys. Why are you right and why are they wrong? One of the most important things that people ask me about and I try to pass on what I think is one of the secrets to solving the mysteries of any case, to solve the puzzles of a case and put the pieces together, is what I call the whys. Just last week, I was in a jury trial, a difficult case, and we had a happy ending. And my partner had a dilemma in the case, and he asked me, what do you think you ought to do about it? And I gave him an answer. And I, I won't bore you with the details because it was too case-specific, but when I gave him the answer, his eyes lit up because it was a good one. It really was a good one. And it made a difference. It, it may have truly affected the outcome. And he's not, a, he's not a beginner lawyer. He's a skilled lawyer who's been doing it a long time and is a very, very good lawyer. But he said, where do you get that stuff from? And I thought this goes back to the very foundation of which I'm constantly talking about. And I said to my partner, it's a matter of process and perspective. And what I mean by that is when I have a problem in a case, and every case is really about problem solving and persuasion, and the problem solving part of it comes from a very fundamental practice of mine. It's almost like a form of meditation or prayer. And it comes from this, learn the facts, and then I ask myself this question, why are we right and why are they wrong? globally. And if the answer is they really are right, then get a different case, for goodness sake. But if the answer is we're right, then find the why and then take every single point of confrontation where they say they're right and we say, no, we're right. And go through each one of those individually and ask yourself, why am I right and why are they wrong? And you will be amazed what will appear comes out of your mouth next to be genius. Rather than simply following the facts where they may be lead, break it down into a bunch of small sequential whys. And here's what you'll find. Some of the individual points of contention you will have to, if you're honest with yourself, and this system will not work unless you're brutally honest with yourself, you will find on some of those points of contention, they're actually right. Then you ask this question. If they're right on that point, why are we still right overall? And if you will work through the whole case in that fashion, you will have revelations and epiphanies that you can build into your case and the structure of your case, the words you use to tell your story, the questions that you ask the jury to frame the case, what I call the language of the case, and you will build a structure that is concrete and is very hard for the defense to ever make any meaningful dents into it. I talk about don't eat the bruises. Bruises are all those flaws that are in every case. The whys are the beginning of figuring out how not to eat the bruises. Let me give you just a couple quick examples of that. One of the common problems that comes up in car crashes is the defense saying your client had some pre-existing problems, that the crash was not the cause of any significant injuries, that your client's injuries may have been there temporarily from this crash, but that they would have gone away in about six weeks and everything thereafter isn't related to the crash. And you had some pre-existing degenerations. We've all heard that story a thousand times. 
Why is that wrong? Because it sounds good. They're going to put up films and have a radiologist say that's degenerative disc disease. It had to have been there for years. They're going to have a fancy doctor come in who says this should have healed up and you ought to be better. And these ongoing surgeries and treatment are not related to the crash. It's a dilemma. Now apply the why. Stop a minute and say, why are we right that my client was hurt in that crash in spite of having some pre-existing degeneration? in spite of it not being a whole lot of visible property damage, and in spite of the fact they've got a doctor who comes along and says our client should have healed, and in spite of, let's say, gaps in treatment. I want to break that down and just apply the why and show you answers to it. And the answers are in my book, and I've taught on these answers, and people write them down And they use them, and I get wonderful emails from people telling me how helpful it was. What I want to pass on is the secret formula of how I came up with these answers. And it was simply applying the why. Let's start with why, if my client is not just a coincidence, why is it that this injury really did cause the harm and all that myriad of other evidence they're presenting is dead wrong? The starting point is this. When you really think why, why is it that you're so confident your client was hurt in the crash? At the core, here's why. Because the pictures aren't that impressive of the crash. Why? Your client didn't need surgery for eight months. Why are you so sure? Here's why. The timing is. Your client hadn't been to any doctor for any treatment for two years, and your client's the type of person, when they're hurt, they go to a doctor. Your client was in this crash and went to the emergency room immediately and was hurting. Your client continued to have that same pain that started at the moment of the crash, and we're now three years later and still having the exact same pain. The timing. Therefore, you now have a why answer, timing. My client, it doesn't make sense that it just spontaneously started to hurt at the time of the crash and then never went away if it isn't related to the crash. Now, how do I turn that why answer into the way to present it to a jury? Well, I'll give you a quick example. I got a defendant on the stand, expert, who says it's all unrelated, and I cross-examine him. And I say to him, sir, let me see if I got this right. You admit my client had absolutely no problems for two years before this crash. And you get a little back and forth and a little, well, I mean, we have no evidence. Sir, we're in a court of law. We're here about evidence. You've seen absolutely no evidence that she had any trouble with her neck before this crash. Yes. You further agree that she got hurt from this crash and had to go to the emergency room because she was hurt from the crash in her neck. Well, not permanently. Sir, I didn't ask you permanently. You agree she had a sprain strain that happened because of this crash? Yes. And went immediately to the emergency room? Yes. And has had treatment from one doctor after another until finally a surgeon operated on her? Yes. You agree that the treatment for the first six weeks was all related to the injury she suffered in that crash caused by your client, and she had no problem with that neck with these symptoms before? Yes. Let me see if I got this right. You're suggesting to this jury that my client was having no symptoms in her neck, got hit, had pain in her neck from the crash, admittedly by you, got treatment for it, went to the emergency room for it, and sometime about six weeks out went to bed with that exact pain, which you would swear to God was caused by the crash that the defendant caused, but woke up the next morning with the exact pain, and now it's completely and utterly unrelated. It's all just a big coincidence. Is that what you're telling this jury? Now, I can promise you from having done that many times, that expert is going to look you in the eye and bumble and babble and try to avoid the question, did this same thing about a year or so ago when I had the judge, good old judge, bless his heart, is now retired, who said, 
because the defense lawyer was desperate to save his expert who was flopping around like a flounder on a boat, said, objection. This question has been asked and answered, Your Honor. And the judge said, well, it's been asked a bunch, but it sure hadn't been answered because there was no answer. Why did all that work? Because at one moment, I sat down and said, why are they wrong? And the answer was the sequence of events, the sensible sequence of events. And then I just used my energy and my mind and my intense focus to figure out how to turn that into something usable in a courtroom. That is just one example of many where you can use the whys. And I highly recommend every single point of contention, ask yourself the why. And if you're right, why? Figure out how to get that point across the jury. And if you're wrong on an individual point of contention, why am I still right overall? Nobody wants to be on the wrong team. Everybody wants to be on the right team. Everybody wants to be on the side of right. No one wants to be backing up wrong. When you ask the questions about the whys of the case and you're able to answer those questions in a way that allows you then to present to the jury why you're right and why they are wrong, the jury is then in a position to pick the side of right, which is your side, and your chances of winning go far greater than simply mastering the facts. Facts don't win cases stories that are righteous do. Make sure yours is, and the key is the why. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit keithmitnick.com.